Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the Olive Magazine podcast. I'm Janine, Olive's food director, and I'll be your host for this episode. This week, editor Laura is just back from a trip to Brazil and has some great tips for eating and drinking out there. And I'll be talking to cookery writer Adam about the benefits of curing fish. But first up, digital writer Alex gets an education in all things mozzarella from Italian chef Alessandro Bohesi. Okay, hello there. I'm here at Obica on Poland Street with Alessandro Borghese. Borghese, Borghese, Borghese. Yes. Hello, Alessandro. How are you doing? So, as you can probably tell, Alessandro's heritage is Italian, but he was born in San Francisco. But I've just been told that he, you were only there for 20 days? 20 days, yes, 20 because days. I was born in San Francisco from a German mother. Okay. Uh, okay, I'm Czechoslovakian, actually. Okay. And um, my father, who's from Naples, of course, uh, my mother was in San Francisco and uh, had me, but my father wanted to see me immediately, so I had to fly back as soon as possible. Oh, it's a hard so, life. Yes, yeah, so my mother <laughs> said, okay, put him on the plane and bring him back to Italy. And um, that's how it, it basically is. But then I went back to the States to live, to work and to live okay. later on. So did uh, you go to Naples? I was, uh, I went to Rome, to Rome. because both my parents uh, lived in Rome okay. at the time. And, and I grew up in Rome. Right. So that's where my Italian heritage is uh, Roman heritage. Okay. okay, I was I lived for 25 years in Rome. Okay, okay. and how did that time in Rome inspire you, your career well, as a chef? I, my dad was my inspiration. He was okay. uh, the family cook. Okay, so he uh, would uh, cook on Sundays. Uh, Neapolitan ragu. <laughs> oh yes, and he would always say uh, he would always that? say, remember that ragu has to think. Has to think. Okay. Yeah, that means it has to stay on the pot for a long time, oh, okay? okay? Slow fire and uh, put the, pot, uh, the ragu inside the pot and leave it there for a long, long time and it has a, like small little bubbles. Thinking bubbles. Thinking bubbles. He said, let it think. Okay. And it needs time. And he's the person who inspired me uh, cuisine and, and cooking. Okay. Uh, I wanted to... Um, I, my th- thought was to become a chef when I was like 14, 15. Mm-hmm. I would invite friends over to our house and uh, do my first... Dishes, experiment, you know, okay. on uh, on behalf of my father who taught me little tricks and uh, who taught me even the love for ingredients. Can okay? you remember what the first dish you ever cooked? Yes, for I remember it was uh, schiaffoni con la pumarola scamazzata. That right. means Can it's you a, <laughs> exactly. That means it's a it's a pasta. Okay, okay. it's a pasta. It's uh, very big. It's called schiaffoni or paccheri. Schiaffoni. Paccheri. 
Pacri. Maybe uh, that means Pacri means uh, a slap in, okay. it's, in Italian. Okay, right. it's, it's this big. It's a big pot pasta, and uh, uh, with simple pomodoro. Okay, yes. tomatoes, Tomatoes. little tomatoes, yes, little, uh, not cherry tomatoes, but pomodoro del piennolo, which is a classical Neapolitan tomato that grows near the Vesuvius. Okay. Very sweet, with a very thick skin. Okay, right. and you put it on the pan with a bit of a garlic, extra virgin olive oil. It's a very fast pasta, and that was the first dish that my father taught me. So that's very, very Italian, I'd say. Very um, Italian. Excuse the cliche. Um, and also, so we always think of like mozzarella when we think of Italian food. Definitely. Again, excuse the cliche. Definitely. Um, but that's kind of why we're here as well to talk about mozzarella because you've recently joined um, Obica. Yes. Which is a mozzarella bar. It's the first mozzarella bar restaurant in the world. That sounds very cool and I can't believe I've not been before because <laughs> I love mozzarella. So. And here we have various uh, fresh mozzarellas, DOP, DOP, that means that uh, they are uh, a certain area of Naples mm. from buffalo milk and we fly them in three times a week. Okay. Fresh. So it's always from Naples? Always from the area of uh, okay. Campania, Naples, Campania. near Caserta is okay. where we have our buffaloes. And huh? what are the other requirements for it to be DOP mozzarella? It has to have a certain area and uh, the milk has to be checked and by a special organ of check. They check out that the buffaloes are grown in a certain way. Okay. They are they fed in eat? a certain way. What do they have to eat? Oh, they have to eat uh, paglia, uh, it's like fresh grass, cut okay. grass, yep. fresh cut grass and um, how do you call it? Grain. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And they even give them a fruit. Oh, lovely. Okay. Any type of fruit in particular? Oh, usually apples, pears, and stuff like okay. that. Yeah. Does that give it its Oh, it gives a little, a little sweet on the, sweet. on the sweetness on the side and a bit of acidity, yes, but it's special. It's very fat milk. Okay. Um, and this, uh, they grow basically um, on, in. they have to have a lot of space, okay? Right, so they're free to roam. Free to roam, exactly. Okay. That was the, you see my English, you're, you're teaching me new things. <laughs> free to roam buffaloes. <laughs> there you go. So, um, excuse my ignorance, but so what's the difference between mozzarella and burrata and stracciatella? Because I know there's okay. lots of different types. Mozzarella, buffalo mozzarella, and then buffalo there's mozzarella mo because there's even mozzarella done from normal cows. Okay. Okay, so it's a different kind of so thing. That's called fior di latte. Here. Yeah, here we're talking about buffalo mozzarella. Burrata, which is typical of Puglia region. Okay. Okay. It's basically mozzarella, but inside there is, um, the inside there is panna, which is cream, cream milk. Okay. The burrata is mozzarella, hand-ripped, okay? Yeah. And then mixed with cream milk, and, and so it's two different versions. Uh, one is typical from Puglia, and the other one is, is typical from the area of Naples. Okay. And then there's smoked mozzarella, buffalo. Oh, okay, yeah. I don't think I've had that. Oh, yes, I'll have you taste some as soon as we finished. Okay. Okay? Deal. Um, if you see, you can... Our friends can't see them, but you, in front of you there's fantastic pictures. It's called, mozzarella is a cheese called pasta filante. Pasta filante means that it's very elastic. You can okay, work so it. If you take a mozzarella uh, and you buy one and you put it in uh, lukewarm water, mm -hmm. it's going to melt down to this state again. Okay, okay? so it's going to go back to a tacky, like elastic. Elastic, yeah. exactly, okay. And the secret of uh, a good mozzarella, if you go and buy it, mm -hmm. is uh, when you cut it, 
it has to have a lot of milk inside. Okay. If it's dry and there's no milk coming out, there's something wrong. Because okay? you know when you buy a mozzarella pre-packaged and it has around it has all that water, is that to keep the freshness? The water, mozzarella has to always be kept never in the fridge. Okay. Okay. Didn't know that. Yes. Doesn't have to be refrigerated. Okay. You're gonna kill the mozzarella. Right. Poor mozzarella. You don't want to. No, no, I don't want to kill. You mozzarella. want to eat it, <laughs> exactly. And so no fridge. Okay. It has to always stay room temperature inside its water. Right. Okay. And what? So the water's gonna give. The it water that keeps it hydrated. Yeah. Moisture. Moisture. Okay. So okay. it doesn't dry out, okay. and it doesn't have to dry out. It has to keep having water around it. Okay. That keeps it in nice and juicy. Okay. Okay. So what about working with mozzarella in recipes? Like how, how would you suggest? Very, well, of course, pro probably the most renowned recipes are on top of a pizza. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and caprese. Oh, yes. Yes, I there, caprese. I got you there, you know. Caprese is with tomato, basil and mozzarella, very simple, extra virgin olive oil, you know, maybe a little pepper mm -hmm. on top, but it's the most famous mozzarella dish. Okay. But then we have, uh, hundreds of other dish. Mozzarella is a very, uh, there's even mozzarella buffalo yogurt that we use. Okay. Okay, and ricotta. Ricotta is made from mozzarella? Well, no. there's buffalo ricotta. Okay. Which is, comes from the same milk. Right. So yes. the buffalo does various types of mozzarella. The, the, the burrata, the stracciatella, the mozzarella di bufala normale, the yogurt, and the ricotta. You can do all these things from the same milk. Okay. okay. And do you have anything at Obica? Do you have anything that's like a bit of a different recipe with mozzarella? Oh, I've made many different recipes oh, with mozzarella. What's, okay, what's your so maybe probably my favorite, which I'm going to be doing tonight, is uh, the one with um, smoked mozzarella on the on the bottom mm -hmm. of the dish, and then a cod mousse. Cod mousse. Okay. Yes. Is that on the top? Yeah. Basically, you get fresh cod. Extra virgin olive oil, a bit of garlic. Um, break it up inside the pan, mm -hmm. cook it, I and then you put it in. Yeah, it's cooked, and then you put it uh, in a blender with uh, extra virgin olive oil. Okay, and it becomes a mousse. Oh wow! Yeah. All of it together. Yes, and then I do polenta chips. Oh. I do polenta. I put it on um, in the oven, mm -hmm. and then after two days, it dries out. In the oven for two days? No, I put it in the oven. <laughs> no, it's Just not in the to oven. To clarify. Yeah, to clarify, it's not in the oven for two days. You take the pol you make the polenta on the yes, stove yes. normally. Yeah. Okay, then uh, you take uh, a tray mm -hmm. for the oven, uh, oven paper. Yes. Yes. Please move paper. Okay, and a really thin layer of uh, polenta. On okay. Okay, you put it in the oven, 80 degrees very low mm -hmm. temperature and you dry it out okay. it takes about two or three hours right okay you have to dry it's it really out you take away layer. all the water there is inside and uh, after you've done that you let it cool mm -hmm. then you cut it up in pieces and you th throw it inside a hot extra virgin olive oil Ooh. it puffs up like a crisp oh so so it's got to be thin so then it'll puff yes up after Ooh, exactly wow. and that goes on the cod mousse with the smoked mozzarella on the bottom that sounds amazing okay. Well, yeah, everyone can take that at home, I'm sure, now after that. Um, can you, is that on the menu? Obica it is, as well? definitely. Okay, so if you can't make it at home, then obviously you can come to Obica. Um, so you have, you, where are you currently living? Uh, Milan. 
Milano. I currently so, live in Milan. Yes, we have a catering, and banketing company, a restaurant, a production company for okay. TV shows and stuff like that. So lots, lots of, lots stuff of things going to do. On. I have okay. a fresh pasta store. Yeah. Oh, a fresh pasta store in yeah. Milan. One of the most antique pasta stores in Milan. Mm, what's yeah. that called? Uh, pasta fresca, il lusso della semplicità. Uh, yes, okay, I'll write fresh that down pasta, for our readers. <laughs> the luxury of simplicity. Okay, luxury of simplicity. So where else would you eat in Milan if we were to be going to Milan for our holidays? Just eat something really authentic. Well, I suggest a fantastic club sandwich with a Bloody Mary at the Park Hyatt Hotel. Right. It's one of the best in Milan. Okay. Uh, and then uh, uh, certainly my next restaurant that I'm opening, uh, which is going to be open in uh, September. Okay. Which has my name. And uh, then there's a nice location called Ceresio Sette. Right. Uh, which is a roof garden top with a oh. swimming pool. It's nice for aperitivo alla milanese and a bit of like uh, rock and roll nightlife. Ah, fun. Yeah. Okay. And what about Rome? Because you've lived in Rome. I've lived you? in Rome. Yes, I've lived in Rome for many, many years. Uh, Rome is more of a city that you live outside because okay. of the weather. I see. Okay, right. so Romans are street food lovers. Yes, we okay. love street food. Yeah, we? so there's supli. What's supli? Basically are um, oh, rice balls with mozzarella yes. inside. Yes, and and Yes! Yeah. We, I think we've got a recipe for those on our website, <laughs> yeah, on Olive Magazine. Al telefono. Yes. Yes. So basically what happens is if you open them up, yes. then the, the mozzarella the has to... Stri- yeah. Uh, so it's made from mozzarella? Of course, the inside oh, is mozzarella. We have them here. Do you? Yes. Okay, that wasn't planned. It's come full circle. Cool. <laughs> that's, nobody knows that it's called al telefono. That's, that's, ah, okay. that's compliments for you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Very, very <laughs> Great. Well, thanks a lot for that. Um, and so, yeah, if anybody wants to try these amazing mozzarella dishes, then definitely come to Arbica. You've got, there's five, aren't there? Five yes, there's uh, South Kensington. Uh, there's in the city, Poland Street. Uh, we have Charlotte more than Street. Charlotte Street. Street. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, thanks very much. You're welcome. Lovely to meet you. Yes, my pleasure. (laughs) Bye-bye. Now let's hear about Adam's fish curing experiments in the test kitchen for this month's issue. So um, every month in Olive Magazine, we have a column by Adam, our Kruku writer, who's here with me today. Hi, Adam. Um, And that column is kind of Adam's test kitchen exploits and... In the column, what he does is he kind of works through a particular problem or a new technique or something that he's seen out and about. Um, and this month in our May issue, we have um, cure and fish, but it's mm-hmm. not just like your bog standard cure and fish. It's no. actually quite a nice one because you've gone for a really quick cure. I think yeah. a lot of people know about things like Gravidlux, which can take up to a couple of days. Yeah, yeah. But um, you decided to go for under an hour, which is great. <laughs> yeah, wow. Well, you know, I think it's, it's just achievable. It's yeah. not like, oh, God, you know. I think a lot of people start something and then maybe don't finish it or worried they might. So this one's like, yeah, just an hour. Yeah. Like, just go and watch something on Netflix for an hour while it, <laughs> while it, while it works, it's magic. And where did you first see that kind of Kieran done? Um, so at Ferro, where I used to work at a restaurant called Ferro in London. And uh, yeah, we do all sorts of quick cures, sometimes on meat, um, but often on fish. Yeah. Um, just to really uh, f- like firm up the texture um, like because it just draws some moisture out, and then yeah. we uh, like wash it off, uh, really thinly slice the f- slice the fish, yeah. and uh, serve it. We used to do like mackerel on a seaweed cracker, with like loads of other little garnishes, and that was sort of like a little snack to get you started. So it's just like you know get your taste buds into it. So it was salty because obviously you're salt and sugar curing it. Mm. Um, yeah, just a really nice way Cause we, to because we know like we've seen in sushi you can you can serve fish raw. Mm. So what you're doing is you're kind of just slightly taking it on a stage in terms of like the 
the texture and the flavour. Yeah. Like you yeah, said, yeah. In, in the cure, which is sugar and salt, mm. um, you, you've added some flavourings. What did you add to yours? So I, I think I've fennel and coriander seed. Nice. So just yeah. like, yeah. So obviously I toast them first, get all the natural oils out yeah. and get those flavours up and running. And then, yeah, it, and it just works as a really good vehicle for carrying flavours like that. Um, because it's like an even, because obviously you like have an even covering of the salt and sugar, mm-hmm. and then you can evenly input that flavour through the salt and sugar into mm. the, the flesh of the whatever it is and you're curing. even though you're washing it off afterwards, yes. um, you've, you've transferred those flavours to the flesh of the fish because yeah, yeah. it's been quite close it's to sort it. Of, so. It's like, it's like a two-way, two-way street, so you're just kind of putting salt, sugar and whatever seasoning yeah. like uh, whatever mm. spices Osmosis, you have in it. But yes but you're also <laughs> pulling out yeah classic um <laughs> biology gcse that i obviously yeah. didn't do very well in there but uh, it was magic um, I, was, I was looking it up actually and it's what what it the, the term the scientific term is called denaturing um and what denaturing does is changing the shape of a protein when it's exposed to external stress. So one way to denature meat and fish is to cook it. Yes. And then the other way is to add either an acid or in this case, salt and sugar, it does the same thing. So what you're doing is in a long in a long process, like with Gravelax over two days, you can see that fish gets firmer and firmer and mm. firmer. Mm. Whereas with yours, you're kind of like get starting off with a really beautiful raw fresh fish and yeah. you're just slightly taking some of the moisture out. Because yeah. in an hour, you're not going to completely cure no, it. No, no, no. You can only... Yeah, in an hour, it's only really going to touch the surface. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I, I got a nice, beautiful piece of mackerel from mm. IEF, local fishmonger, and, uh, yeah, puts the, the salt and sugar onto it. And it's important that people do know that, you know, treat the fish as if you're actually going to eat it raw because, essentially, you are going to eat it raw. Yeah, it, will, yeah. it will change texture slightly and it yeah. will, the flavour will be different, but you need to, when you go to the fishmonger, say, this is what I'm going to do with it, but essentially I'll be eating it raw, so you want that kind of spankingly fresh. Really, really yeah. fresh. This is the kind of recipe, I think, that you want when you've... Um, You've gone to Cornwall for a week yeah, and there's yeah, a guy definitely. selling mackerel off yeah. the boat. Yeah, and you're like, definitely. what am I going to do with that? Do, do Adam's Cure with it. And what, what other flavourings do you think you could put into the salt and sugar? Because it opens it right up, doesn't it? Well, instantly, I would one way of, that I'd go to is like Mexican. So I'd do like, I'd have like nice. lime zest in there. Oh, yeah, I'd have chili. Zest. I'd have maybe a bit of paprika for smokiness. Yeah. With and Then again, with the salt and sugar. I yeah. think that would work really well with like a... a, a uh, like any sort of sea fish, like a sea bream or something, that'd be real, yeah. like tilapia or something like that, would be really um, delicious. But because you're an experimental kind of guy, you, yes. didn't, you didn't just leave it at the cure. You did another couple of chefy, oh, yeah, chefy yeah. whizzy, chefy chef, things. Yeah, <laughs> chefs can never quite. You can never. We always like to add that one extra little process, which everyone's like, oh, yeah. for sake, why, why do we have to do that? But trust me, it does. These, yeah. The two things that I did. So basically, when I was testing the recipe, I made it. First, I made it. I've made it a few times. The first time I cured it for too long, so yeah. I had it, had it on the cure for like two hours. Yeah. I don't even know why. I used to do it for an hour at Ferrer, so I, I, I was just sort of experimenting. I was yeah. just pushing it and see actually what it did, and it was a little bit jerky. It was a bit it's got tacky. A bit woolly, yeah, a bit of? woolly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and a bit. Ta- yeah, just not very nice. No. But um, so yeah, the mood like I realised okay, let's reduce that back to an hour, and that's yeah. like the perfect sweet spot between actually fresh, yeah, raw fish that's sort of just been. I don't know, it's just like a different new... It's a different texture. ...take on it, yeah. yeah. Um, and then decided um, to blowtorch it. OK. Because Cause why wouldn't you? Because you're a man. <laughs> and a you, man. you wanted to get your yeah. blowtorch Fire. out. Fire! <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so basically made made cured the fish, made like a little salad. There's like a little yeah. fennel and salad that went alongside it. Um, 
and something was really like missing. It was kind of like you got the crunch, you got fruity, you got fresh fish, but you know, mm. I, I like a bit of umami. I'm, 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 <laughs> an, I'm an umami man. I know that is like the literally the word of the moment, and everyone tries to yeah. shoehorn it in. It's a good like, word to describe is. that that particular elusive flavour, which is like that deeply savoury kind yeah. of. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Note. That and then you and you thought, if I blow torch this, that's yeah. going to bring the umami. <laughs> yeah, because then you have the beautiful cured flesh of the mackerel mm. uh, the raw <laughs> sort of flesh inside and then on the on the skin because you're literally really rapidly blow torching um the skin and obviously yeah. because there's also been salt and sugar on that it's drawn mo- moisture so you can get that really crispy because yeah. water equals not crispy yeah. so you've taken some moisture out you've washed it off patted it really dry and then when you blow torch it you know you're gonna have really nice so it's not crisp. really i mean it, i guess it would cook the, the top a millimeter or something yeah but it's just minimally, literally yeah. minimally and tell us about that trick that you learned from the sushi sushi yeah, pre- so preparation. Again, like because I didn't know about this extra. There's an extra layer of skin. Yeah, so there's like a membrane that runs over uh, mackerel, um, and I'm sure some other fish, but mm. uh, particularly mackerel. And it's like a really, it's literally like a really thin membrane, and when cooked, it can curl up. Which is why fish curls up in a pan. Yes, exactly. Why, it, like, when you put it into a hot pan, it goes mm. and like you know really draws away from the pan. But um, on mackerel, it's really easy to take off and it's what sushi a lot because that's a, another sushi trick is they will get a beautiful fresh piece of yeah. mackerel they wouldn't cure it they just have it raw and they just lightly blowtorch the top oh. and to keep it in that beautiful shape or yeah. whatever shape they want um they'd peel off that little membrane and you just sort of tease it away at the corner mm. like you're peeling like this a sticker or something yeah. um yeah then like it sort of comes off quite easily and you've and literally then, got so you've got like if you can imagine the stripey mackerel skin yeah. which is that bluey greeny black stripe yeah and then on top of that the membrane it's actually clear it's like yeah. clear plastic yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, which it's, is the weirdest thing because you don't even know it's there until you take it off and then yeah. you're like and i guess if you're as well because what i was thinking is the nice thing about when you have mackerel sushi is you've got that beautiful skin still on there but when you're chewing you you don't chew on the membrane because that's yeah, yeah. the thing that sticks yeah so. that's that yeah it doesn't well, you need to really cook. it's the sort of thing that you need to cook to break down to get rid of yeah. so yeah you get rid of that and it doesn't curl and then you just have crunch it's crunchy skin soft flesh and how so you're once you've done the curing and the blowtorch and would you kind of eat that straight away or would you is that something you can prep ahead i guess you could prep the cure and then yeah, chill yeah. It, I, 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 wash the cure off yeah. and then leave it chilled you could for, have that in the fridge for you know like you know six hours or whenever yeah. night that you just as long as you get or, that temperature right down keep it down yeah for yeah. safety because again if you're working with um raw fish just need to you know some some basic health and health and safety things yeah happening. yeah yeah but it makes a really beautiful starter as well. And I think it's one of those things that, I mean, if you didn't have a blowtorch, I guess you could you could grill you it could, on high. You could definitely just really, really, really hot, hot grill. grill. Literally, like, the, I would put it in, like, the bars, like, the, mm. the rack straight underneath the grill and just give it, like, 30 seconds. You yeah. really don't. And because of that salt and sugar, it will catch. And so yeah. it will go pretty quick. Um, so just keep a real eye on it. Yeah. And then once you've got that gorgeous crunchy fennel salad with it, that really, I mean, it makes a perfect summery little starter and very impressive. I think so. Thanks for sharing that. What's next month? Um, Roti Chennai. So that's me uh, learning how, well, basically, uh, my dad used to live in Malaysia, so it's like me uh, learning how to make this certain type of flatbread um, they eat in Malaysia uh, for breakfast. And it's like layered and fluffy and crispy and utterly delicious. All right, well, tune in for that next month, guys. But thanks a lot for that, Adam. Cheers. Bye.
Editor Laura is just back from a whistle-stop tour of Brazil and has plenty of food and drink recommendations to share with Sarah. So, Laura, you've just got back from Brazil. Lovely golden glow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not you all hated of. me at all yeah, for coming very, back. Very, very jealous. Yeah, so um, I was very lucky last week in that I got to go on a last-minute trip um, to Rio um, and then to Buzios as well, which is kind of just around the corner. Oh, OK, and so you did a bit of... Did a bit of both. Um, so, yeah, City Break in Rio and then more of a beach resort in Buzios. Nice. I think it's pronounced Buzios, but I didn't want to say that because I don't want to sound wrong. <laughs> I, I mean, but I, either I, way. I know, so. Um, so that's more of a beach resort. But, yeah, it was it was as brilliant as it sounds. Oh, like, the weather was so gorgeous. Just... It's absolutely stunning. The people are amazing. Yeah. Uh, the food good? Food, the food is all right. The food okay. Is, the food, but you need to find the things to try. Um, right. So I think there's, particularly in Buzios, there's a lot of kind of restaurants that are more commercial and mm-hmm. touristy and not necessarily authentic. authentic. But there are definitely some dishes and some drinks that you should look out for when okay. you're in those areas. Okay, great. So what is, what's your top pick of Okay, my, try? my top picks are... So um, if you're on the beach, uh, particularly in, on Rio, on Copacabana, <laughs> you will just hear, as well as men trying to sell you everything from dresses to hats to sunglasses to suntan lotion, <laughs> you'll keep hearing them scream, Asai! Asai! every few okay. minutes and you're a bit shocked at that at first and then they're actually carrying around these tubs of it's uh, the, the proper name is Asai Natagela which I hope I pronounced that right but it means Asai in the bowl okay. so Asai people might have heard mispronounced in the UK is Akai yeah. um, and it actually um, it's been labelled as like a superfood but it's indigenous to kind of South and Central America very popular in Brazil okay. and it's um, from the Acai palm fruit, so they're like purple little berries. Yeah, I was gonna say they're like they look like little dried berries almost. Yeah, don't they? that's what you get over here, and it's sometimes ground into powders yeah. for like smoothies and stuff, mm-hmm. or you top it on your granola Smoothie or bowls something. And yeah, stuff, yeah, exactly. Very trendy. Um, not not full of flavour. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie to you, but um, in this dish, it's kind of they're blitzed up in their fresh state in like a smoothie and frozen. So it's like a thick, okay. really frozen smoothie really vibrant purple colour. Oh, wow. And um, it's in a bowl, as the name suggests. (laughs) And uh, then it's topped with the crunchiest granola, which is so good, really, really good. Um, Slices of banana. And the bananas over there are so sweet. They're really like stubby little bananas. Are they teeny tiny ones? Teeny tiny bananas, really sweet and just delicious. And then sometimes they give you like a choice of syrups and different fruits that you can have on top as well. This is on the beach. This is like breakfast This is on on the the beach. beach. Yeah, this is to kickstart your day if you're not starting with a beer which I might have also <laughs> done as well but it's all but about yeah. balance you know beer exactly. in one hand exactly um, so yeah that was really that's really definitely worth a try really delicious and you get it from kind of uh, juice stalls or juice shops in the city as well and juices are really good out there because obviously the fruit's incredible yeah, like the papaya yeah. and the mangoes and whatever I pineapples feel, I always feel like it's so much easier to be healthy oh yeah in countries like that exactly. when they've got such amazing produce right exactly. in front of you you just want to eat it don't it's you? just they're ripe that's yeah. the difference yeah. you're never going to get that ripeness if you have it over here because of traveling Travel, so yeah. far but it's just that like incredible sweetness and stickiness and ripeness so yeah delicious def- definitely go for that um you'll also see them sort of carrying around various um i kept seeing guys with big skewers of prawns which look oh, really wow. dubious and i was definitely not going to try <laughs> those and like smoking pits for barbecued meats and cheese wow. and all sorts um, they're quite big on their kind of barbecue yeah stuff. so barbecued meats are obviously huge um 
main thing to know with them is that the meat is all very salty. Oh, okay. I like salt, so that's kind of okay, <laughs> but just to bear in mind. Um, and it's normally served with, like, rice, mm-hmm. fries, and you'll get some sort of salsa or chimichurri-type sauce. Nice. But, yeah, really good, and lots of sausages. They like the sausages. Um, and one thing I tried over there as well, which, again, was with the rice and chips, is... I hope you pronounce this rice right. Rice and now. chips. Rice and chips, yeah. Double all carbs. The carbs. Yeah, Love double all carbs. carbs. All the meats, all the carbs. Um, was fejuada. I'm not sure if I pronounced that right. Okay. Um, it's basically, this? if you look at it, it's like a thick brown sludge. Nice. Which is, yeah, nice. It's... it's it's got like a slick, it's almost like it's got melted chocolate through it. Oh, okay. Um, which I don't think it has, but it's a, a traditional stew, a one pot that's made of black beans and pork, but it's like all the ugly bits of the pork. So you've got like trotters in there, ears. Oh, wow. They're my favourite bits. Yeah, I know they're not for really everyone, tasty. but that means you get like that lovely sticky gelatinous texture, yeah. salty flavour. It's like their equivalent of a Sunday roast. Amazing. Yeah, really delicious. And where I had it, um, which was at a little beachside restaurant overlooking Rio, which did I mention I was in Rio? So <laughs> so good. Um, it was served with again boiled white rice, slices of orange, which was really good oh, wow. to kind of cut through that yeah. that beany stewy richness. Um, and then shredded kale, which was so nice because that was like the first vegetable. <laughs> I'd had in Brazil. Just um, piling it on. Yeah, and, and that was bound with like caramelised garlic, so they'd oh, slightly nice. burnt the garlic, but it was really, really good with the kale. Um, that sounds and, delicious. Yeah, and one thing it also came with were these delicious little pork scratchings, <gasps> so little bits of almost like pork belly that had been taken that little mm. bit further. I'm a bit obsessed so with good. pork scratchings at the moment. Well, yeah, who is isn't, it? I know, but... It's a problem. It's porky. It's a real problem, though. And delicious and salty. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's not good for us, but they taste so They're good. They're so delicious. So. Um, but they were actually served on a separate plate with, like, a mound of farofa. Now, I've done a bit what of research this? since. It's a toasted uh, cassava flour mixture. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's very typical to Brazil. Um, now, I'm not going to lie, I wasn't a fan. <laughs> it's um, If anyone actually grabs a new issue of Olive Out this week, um, we have a massive feature on um, Ghanaian food, which is all delicious. But in our little glossary of, of food um, and ingredient names you might come across in Ghanaian cooking, one of them is gari or gari. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very similar to that. That's also a cassava um, product. But it's basically used to uh, bulk stuff out. It okay, takes like a flavour. Like a thickener. Yeah. Um, but in Brazil, they, they just did a mound of it with these pork scratchings. Um, it can have salt and spices in it as mm. well. And is it like... Like it's a floury just like, It's just texture. like flour, yeah. It comes How in bizarre. different... Um, grains as it were or sicknesses but um for me I just found it quite drying I can imagine Um, and a little bit weird but (laughs) it was you know it's interesting to try because it's something I'd never tried before Um, and I also it featured on another meal that I had uh, earlier on in the week which was um it was weirdly topped and bound through like gently folded scrambled eggs okay so again a little bit drying on the eggs yeah um and those eggs were just served with meats and chips and rice <laughs> didn't ask chips and, and they rice just came cornerstones yeah, cornerstones but absolutely <laughs> delicious um now you'll be interested in this Sarah because I'm going to move on to drinks now perfect and your, your bag yeah um fresh coconut water oh gotta try it do you know what I've only just and it coconut water has been huge for ages yeah I'm only just getting into it it. I get it because it can when I first started drinking it in the UK in the cartons I was like this is cheesy water yeah 
but. it does. It tastes like it's gone off or it tastes <laughs> yeah. a bit like, yeah. you're right, cheesy, cheesy. or like cardboardy. Yeah. Some of them are really salty. Yeah, but I actually really got into it over here because there's something about it that's like refreshing mm. like nothing else. Yeah. And obviously when you have it straight out of a coconut, fresh green coconut. Yeah. you can't get much better than that. I didn't you? want to be that girl sat with a coconut <laughs> on the beach in Rio, but I was. You can't resist Sarah. it. Yeah. You can't resist it. So I had in one hand the coconut and then in the other, well, I had, I needed more hands because in the other I always had a Cyprinia, which <laughs> oh, I, I shouldn't have to explain, but just in case I do, um, this is the national drink of Brazil. Yeah. Um, so it's not pronounced Capriana, just so anyone right. knows that's very different yes. slash very dangerous. Um, it means lady of the night. So don't ever <laughs> so order one of those at a bar, line, isn't it? unless but that's what you want. Unless, yeah. But, um, yeah, Caprinha. Um, so it's very different. But yeah, that's made with cachaça. And I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it, but I just enjoy saying cachaça. Um, and that's a sugarcane liquor um, yeah. that they make again, mm-hmm. typically in Brazil. You can use vodka, but don't because yeah. cachaça is If the you best. like rum, it's, yeah. it's quite similar to yeah, that. Yeah, like it's a really just, light yeah, rum. Yeah, it's just made um, from the cane rather than the, the molasses. Yeah. The aged ones, you can get aged ones as well, which yeah. is delicious. And they do different flavoured ones as well, but like yeah. the basic ones... I really loved and that's just cachaça sugar and lime and yeah super simple so so good and I had far too many of those every single just day so refreshing so refreshing um and but the best we had by far and I'm gonna be really smug now because basically we had <laughs> Brazilian friends out there um that's there always a, the best way to yeah know place, it, it is the best way so we were there for a wedding um who, uh, one of my guy friends was getting married to a Brazilian girl and her and her friends made us these they did it in an old food container at a party we had just masses of lime masses of uh, oh sugar gosh. and yeah masses of cachaça. sounds dangerous really dangerous and that was before the beer bong came out so, um, <laughs> yeah that was really really good um, and talking of beer um, another phenomena I found was sharer beers so yeah. you just get a massive beer and then you pour it out between all of you and the, the, the thing with that is that it's just really cold ice cold delicious beer yeah. what's and it's, not to it's love? always nice it's nice it's nice to share it things. is nice to share <laughs> <laughs> and actually in the I think it's the May issue because it, we're seeing it more and more now yeah. in the UK um, and actually you can get loads of great craft beers in kind of sharing bottles so yeah, yeah it's the May issue which is out on Friday yeah um, and I've got three of the best sharing beers from our, a couple of our favourite breweries. I think they're just a great idea. It's a good way to get everybody involved, have a little taste. It's served at its peak rather than you. Because yeah. I'm the worst for that. I'll buy a pint of beer because I'm trying to not drink a lady beer of a half pint and then but I'll take forever and it's really warm by I get yeah. to the bottom of it and it's it really annoys worse. me. So yeah, sharer beers are the way forward. Um, and my beer of choice mm-hmm. was Bohemia um, that was my favourite and again having done a little bit of research that uh, is the first ever beer made in Brazil oh wow so it kind of makes sense that that was one yeah. of the most delicious ones and it was made in Rio um, it was just again ridiculously refreshing and what you want when you're on a beach um, and that's kind of an American lager style beer okay so great really good um, other stuff to look out for when you're going to Brazil is um, mo- moqueca not sure if that's how you pronounce that either. I'm not very good at pronouncing. I'm not <laughs> sure if you noticed. Please, if anyone um, does know, please, please please correct us. Please do. Yeah, send me a voice note or something <laughs> and tell me how awful I sound. Um, that's a northeastern fish stew. I didn't manage to order that because that's kind of 
not typical to the regions that yeah. I visited. Um, but if you ever see it, definitely order it. And mm -hmm. we've got a recipe for that online at olivemagazine.com. Um, one of my other friends who used to live in Brazil recommended trying sugarcane juice, yes. I, which uh, they sell at stalls and stuff. I didn't manage to do that, but it sounds delicious. And he always said to try that with lime or ginger. It just perks it up a little yeah. bit. Even if you can get... The, the sticks of sugarcane and, sugar cane and just down. chew on them yeah. and with a little bit of lime it's absolutely amazing yeah. I mean I wish I'd tried that it was good I was too busy drinking all the caprinas um, <laughs> another thing I noticed um, when we ordered all the meats and carbs mm -hmm. um, I got fried banana so a little battered nice. banana which sounds really weird you've got that sweetness sounds great but actually really delicious yeah. um, we really like that um, mentioned all the meats salted meats um, sushi Actually, oh, really? yeah, so they've got a massive Japanese population in okay. Brazil and, you know, fresh fish. Yeah. So, yeah, we went to a really good sushi restaurant in Buzios. Great. Um, definitely worth seeking out if you see what looks like a good sushi mm. restaurant, have a go. And um, pastries, they love them. A love lot pastries. of the, we did a lot of sort of traveling around and every pit stop you'll just see all different types of pastries, often filled with cheese or meats. Amazing. Again, what's not to love. Yeah. And, um, one of my personal favourites was um, they're not really pastry but they're called cochina um, yes these means, are incredible yeah so we made these last year when we did a big Brazilian feature in August um, it's time with the Olympics and it means little thigh um, yeah. but they're like tear dropped golden bread crumbed delicious street food so delicious so they're crispy on the outside and then they're soft on the inside and filled with like chicken and herbs or, or sometimes another meat but they're really tasty and, and they're, they're just, like a little street food kind yeah of. so we just kept seeing them like in service stations you just go and grab one um, and fill up on them and more beer um, obviously it was <laughs> sounds ideal yeah so yeah they're my top tips it sounds, lots, all sounds delicious. Lots of meat, lots, lots of, meat. of carbs and lots of booze. But, um, yeah, really... Sounds like ideal holiday. <laughs> yeah, ideal stuff. holiday. Um, so we've got, if you're inspired by any of those, we've actually got a really good Brazilian recipe collection online at olivemagazine.com. Yeah. And that features everything from the roasted chicken uh, cochina I mentioned, steak with chimichurri sauce. We've got caprinha jelly, which is... Oh incredible amazing and my personal favorite and one of janine's highlights of uh, her time at olive i think <laughs> um which is our epic brazil grill burger you all have to remember incredible. that from um, the front cover of the august issue can i just recap how amazing that is so <laughs> burger creamy lime and avo mayo cumin spiced onion rings melted emmental cheese sweet and sour pickled pink onions smoky chimichurri relish crispy peri peri glazed bacon and yeah just so much incredible. <laughs> incredible. It's a big mouthful, but it's definitely worth it. It's definitely worth it. If you want to ever impress it at a barbecue, this yes. is the one. And definitely. then in the latest issue that you mentioned, Sarah, which is out um, this week, we've got an Insta travel feature on Trancoso in Brazil, which is yeah. nowhere near where I was, but <laughs> it's still got lots of interesting tips and suggestions if you're ever going to Brazil. Amazing. So, yeah. Because Brazil's cool. tomorrow. Yeah, do. <laughs> do. I can thoroughly recommend it. Great. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Olive Magazine podcast. If you like this episode, please don't forget to go review and rate us on iTunes. For more information on things in this episode, head to our website, olivemagazine.com. You can pick up a copy of our packed May issue now from News Agents or download the app version. Bye for now, and we'll be back next week with even more food and drink charts.